Kia ora and hello friends. Welcome back to the Restoring Connections podcast. My name is Matthew Dawson. I'm here on my own today. I don't have Cora with me. I know it's quite sad, but you're just going to have to endure with just me. We are, as per normal, talking about healing and strengthening our most important relationships, the relationships that you want to last for your entire life. The ones that you want to get deeper and stronger and deeper and stronger through the good times and through the hard times. Because if you are a human being on planet Earth, and if you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance that you are. You have been through tough times and you're going to go through more tough times. So we got to have a plan for that. You know, when we're building a city, you create sports fields. Because people like to play and have fun. And you also create hospitals because people play and have fun and break their bones and get sick and all that kind of stuff. We don't wonder if that's going to happen. We know it's going to happen because that's life. And so we want to really take that into consideration and think, okay, this, this relationship is incredibly important to me. What's my dog doing? My dog is in here. My, this dog... Her name is Maylee, belongs to my daughter, Kiana. Kiana's at school right now. I'm home in my home office on my own. The dog is here. I've got a problem because if I put the dog out of my office, then she's just going to scratch on the door. And so she's in here. So if you hear some weird noises, I promise it's not me. It's my dog. Not even, I just call her my dog. No, it's not my dog. It's Kiana's dog. I need that firmly established. Okay, what are we talking about? We are talking about, yes, how can we build strength and resilience into our relationships? How can we make sure that we've got a plan in place? Not if, but when things get really tough, when the pressure comes on a relationship, when we're in pain, when we're experiencing disappointment, when we're experiencing frustration, stress, exhaustion. We want our most important relationships to be able to get through those incredibly tough times. And that's what we are all about here with our Restoring Connections program. So we reckon that four things make it possible. Personal responsibility, proactive care, powerful communication, and healthy boundaries. And so... We dive into those four things over and over and over and over again. And the more we do it, the more I love it. Um, Because it works. It's really, really helpful. Um, So this is the first episode in a series of episodes, probably four episodes, I think. Um, And we're, we're diving into, we're calling it, what if I look like the dot, dot, dot. Right, And there's four different ones. So this episode we're looking at, what if I look like the bad guy? Then we're going to look at, what if I look like the weak one? Then we're going to dive into, what if I look like an idiot? Or the idiot? And then lastly, I think, maybe on the way through this series, I'll think of a few more that I want to do as well. But but uh, the last one that I've got in mind as of today is, what if I look like the difficult one? So this is probably, I mean, all of these podcasts are going to touch on all four areas um, that I mentioned, personal responsibility, proactive care, powerful communication, healthy boundaries. But this one is probably mostly centered around that personal responsibility um, principle. And that's because this really has to do 
with the state of your heart. We're, we're talking about what are the fears that lurk in the heart that keep us from engaging in healthy ways in our relationships. Because you got love and you got fear. And they're going in two different directions, right? You can't be counseled by love and counseled by fear at the same time. You know, you, you can't, well... You can be counseled by them. You can't. You can't receive that counsel and follow its leadership. It, you know, it's just going in in two different directions, right? You can't follow both. And when things are tough, there are going to be fears and and anxieties that you've got to wrestle with and overcome in order to follow the counsel of love and connection. When I'm afraid. The most natural thing in the world to do when you're afraid is to defend yourself, right? And we've got the whole fight, flight, or freeze. So you probably can, to some degree, connect with all four of these things. Like, what if I look like the bad guy? Or what if I look like the weak one? What if I look like an idiot? What if I look like the difficult one? But I think if you do a little bit of reflection, a little bit of soul searching, you'll probably realize that that one or two of them will be the one, the ones that you connect with the most, like the most typical fear that you have to wrestle with. Maybe that's just part of your personality, or maybe that's through things that you've been through that have been genuinely traumatizing, um, and that and there's some healing that's needed, right? So this has been coming up quite a lot, particularly this first one. What if I look like the bad guy in my own, you know, in my own journey um, and in my journey with different people that I'm helping in their journey that we're mentoring and training and supporting. Uh, this one has been coming up quite a lot. But I'm going to look like the bad guy. I don't want to look like the bad guy. And I thought, you know what? We just need to grab this thing um, by the horns and really dive into it and wrestle with it because, you know... <laughs> You just, if, if that's at the forefront of your mind, what if I look like the bad guy? If that's the most important thing in the situation, you're going to do some things that are unhealthy. You know, you're going to stray away from having some tough conversations. I just, we got to embrace it. There's, there is just no way around it that a healthy life is going to involve disappointing people. It's going to involve at times being perceived in a particular way, right? And I am a Jesus-following man. Um, and when I say that, I mean I am <laughs> I mean I am leaning in in my pathway and and you know and working on that and trusting the Holy Spirit to help me follow Jesus, right? And so I think man in my understanding of scripture, that, that is so true of God himself. You know, the, the enduring of being perceived in a particular way and being accused of being a particular way. And, and I think that that's true for all of us in reality, that there are times where it's like, I got to do what's right here. I, I'm not confident that this is going to be received well. I think I may very well get judged for this. I mean, anybody who's been a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, I've had these moments where I go, do I love this child enough, right, to do this thing, to exercise this authority in the way that I 
feel very strongly, I feel very convinced that this is in the best interest of this child. Now, time will tell whether or not I'm right, but that's another story. And that moment, I, I'm like 10 out of 10 convinced that making this particular choice is in the best interest of this child. And I know that they're probably going to hate me for it or at least not feel loved by it. And I have to be willing to endure, like my love for that person has to be strong enough to even be willing to endure their own, you know, disapproval of me. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not above that. I find that really, really hard. You know, I have people in my life who are like, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I'm like, okay, that's cool. That sounds kind of nice. I'm not there. I definitely care. I definitely care. I definitely don't want to look like the bad guy. I don't want to look like the weak one. I don't want to look like the idiot. I don't want to appear to be difficult. I don't want any of those things, you know? So that's the thing for me. I've really got to wrestle that to the ground. I've got to um I've got to decide what's most important to me in that moment, right? And I find that really tough. You're beyond that? Well, hey, more power to you, friend. I'm not. I find it pretty tough. So if you are wrestling with this question, what if I look like the bad guy? I know what I probably need to do here, but I'm really worried that I'm going to be look, look like the bad guy perceived you know, in a particular way. You are probably setting boundaries, right? That's probably what's going on. You're probably doing something that you feel like, I really need some boundaries here. I really like I've been relating to this person in a particular way for a while and now I need to change that. I need to withdraw some aspect of, you know, I need to stop paying them this money or I need to stop meeting with them in this way or I need to stop allowing them to do that in my home or I need to I need to fire this person from this position or I need to have a tough conversation and basically say, "Hey, if this keeps going, you know, we've got a problem here. This arrangement is going to need to change. You're, you're, if you're asking that question, like, what if I look like the bad guy, right? You're probably setting boundaries. Now, I want to say at the outset in this episode, I like your, the, the nature of the boundaries that you're setting may or may not, in my opinion, be healthy. Like that's another topic, right? The whole process of like setting healthy boundaries. We're not diving into that right right now we're not like i'm i'm just going to assume for the sake of this episode that whatever boundary that you are setting for yourself is a good and healthy and necessary one right but but yeah so i just don't want you to think oh we're talking about this episode that that there is no such thing as an unhealthy boundary that definitely exists you know you can be setting boundaries in a way that's actually way more of a punishment than actually a loving boundary remember the The purpose of a boundary is to actually protect the connection with the person, to to protect maybe yourself, you know, if that's really necessary, but a healthy boundary with someone who's very close to you is is actually around keeping yourself in a good space so that you can continue to flow well with proactive care. So the boundary actually enables proactive care. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting off topic here. That's a whole nother topic around the setting of healthy boundaries. So what we're talking about here, though, really, I want to get at is the fear of how others perceive us and how paralyzing that can be. And you just got to wrestle it to the ground. You've got to, you know, don't pretend you're not feeling it. Just own it. 
when I'm going through something and I know I've got a tough conversation that I need to have and I'm, I just, I'm going to, I'm not above caring about people's judgment. So I'm just going to completely own that and call it what it is. And I'm going to wrestle with it and I'm going to make a conscious choice. I'm not going to say like, you know, I'm not even trying to get to the point where, where I don't care anymore. You know, I think it's, it's just a matter of, of deciding what do I care more about? Do I care about looking like the bad guy? Yeah, I do. I don't like, I don't want to look like the bad guy. That's no fun. But there's something else that I care more about. And that is the connection between us. Okay, so I've got a series of questions that are pretty much going to be common to all the different, uh, the four different areas that we're diving into or the four different fears, you could say. Um, and uh, they're, yeah, they're pretty much uh, the same, but we're, but you know, there's nuances on the way through. Okay, so the first question, this might seem a little bit left field, but the first question, when you're wrestling with this, this uh, fear of being perceived as the bad guy, the first question that I think is incredibly helpful to ask is, who am I actually accountable to, right? Because what's going on there is your heart is actually doing exactly what it's supposed to do. Your heart is saying, warning, disconnection is, is coming, right? So in the same way that when you look on the, uh, when you're standing on the edge of a cliff and your adrenal gland kicks in, right? It's your body's physiological way of saying, warning, danger. Like if you fall off this cliff, that's no good. Like that is not going to go well for us, right? So your adrenal gland is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. It's saying, warning, don't do that. Or when you're, you know, you put your hand on a, on a stove, right? And you know, most child, most um, children learn this the hard way. I can remember learning this the hard way when I was a little kid, but you put your hand on the stove and that pain signal goes off, you know, from your hands, from your skin on your hand up to your brain. And it's saying, warning, not good, damage, you know? And the whole point is to get you to shift your behavior, change your behavior. So that fear that you're feeling you know, I don't want to be perceived as being the bad guy. That That's your heart's way, right, of saying, hey, warning, there's, right, like this is, there's disconnection potentially coming up here. Now, just like anything else in life, we've got to, we've got to dial into that. And not every fear, right, is healthy to listen to. So we, but we just go, okay, so my, I'm sensing the possibility of disconnection here. So, the way, one of the most powerful ways that we actually overcome this kind of thing is we remind ourselves, who am I accountable to, right? Who gets to speak into my life? What if I am, because really what you're wrestling with is, is this boundary okay? Am I actually just being mean? Am I being overly harsh? Is this necessary? And for me, I don't necessarily even try to get answers to all those questions in inside of myself. I'm I'm my answer for the fear of disconnection is to lean into connection. So I'm I've got people in my life who I reach out to and connect with and I process these kind of things with. I say cuz I'm accountable to someone who I deeply trust. And right, and so if you're straight away, if you think to yourself, who am I accountable to? Nobody. 
I'm just on my own. I, I want to say right at the front end, front end here, you're going to be dealing with a lot of these fears. What if I look like the bad guy? What if I look like the weak one? What if I look like the idiot? What if I look like the difficult one? You're going to be dealing with that a lot. Why? Because you're alone. Because you're, you've, you've chosen isolation. Um, that might be a tough way of putting that. But I, if, you know, I think that in many ways, maybe not absolutely all the time, but in many ways, isolation is a choice. I learned this from the Australians who mentored me when I lived in Australia for seven years. One of them in particular used to always say, isolation is a choice. And it used to really offend me. Like, isolation is a choice? What the heck? That's super harsh, you know? What if somebody, what if life has just pushed somebody into isolation? And, and that can definitely happen. But I do think it's, it's a good sandpaper when we think of isolation in that way because it reminds us that connection is also a choice. And if you're looking for the perfect person to be accountable to, you're never going to find them. You got to choose somebody. Choose a small handful of people who you give permission to say. Because you want to ask that question, maybe I am being the bad guy. Maybe I am being overly harsh. Who has permission to lovingly confront me? So when somebody in my life, I, you know, I unpack the, the boundary that I'm setting, what I'm working through, and they say, do you know what, Matt? This, you know, you're probably right. That probably is going to be perceived um, in a way that's unpleasant. But I see you, I hear you, and I agree that that is actually quite a healthy thing to do. That just, that's a reassurance. Somebody who does have permission, who could also tell me, Matt, that is harsh. That is overly harsh. Don't do that. You're just punishing that person. You're just protecting yourself. You're just running away. You know, I want a person, when a person who has permission to say that to me, right, looks at the situation and says, you know what, Matt, this is going to be tough, but I think you're doing the right thing. I find that incredibly reassuring because it's that it reassures, remember, if the heart is sending that signal, potential disconnection coming, then it reassures my heart and it settles something in me. You know, connection is there. I'm not, I'm not moving into isolation. This particular relationship that I'm needing to work on might come under some strain, but ultimately I'm not isolated. I have connection in my life, right? So who am I accountable to? Who do I believe cares about me and has the ability to help me move forward? That's a really important one. Okay, now, now we're really getting wheels on it, right? The next question, whose judgment am I afraid of? I think this, this one is really important to just name it. Right, So in this particular situation, coming away from just the sort of ethereal, you know, gray fog of I'm just generally scared of being perceived as the bad guy, you're dialing into who exactly actually, whose, whose judgment actually am I really afraid of in this particular situation, right? Ah, uh, it's Tina. I don't know why I always, for some reason, I always go with Tina or Fred. It's just like locked into my brain. I don't know why. So for all the Tinas and the Freds that I know out there, please forgive me. I don't know why. I just locked in Tina and Fred, right? I go, oh, yeah, this is actually about Tina. This is actually about Fred. You know, this is actually about my dad. This is actually about my child. This is actually, and you, or maybe there's like three or four people, but write that down and name it. The clearer you are, it's like diagnosing a, a diagnosing a, a sickness. The more 
the more clearly the doctor can zero in on exactly what is going on inside of your body, the, the easier it is to diagnose the right medicine, the right, you know, thing that you need to do to be able to heal that thing. So the same goes for fear. The, his fear is like a, it's like a sickness for your emotions, you know, for your heart. And so we go, okay, I'm afraid that this person and this person and this person are going to perceive me in this particular way. Then the next question you're going to ask is, when did this start? And then a really powerful question is, have I acted on this fear before? Right? Because when you do that, you actually create a pathway. You create a precedent, right? It's like, oh, last time I was afraid of this person's judgment, I acted on that fear. I curbed my behavior according to that fear. I followed the guidance of that fear, right? And, and you want to be able to go back to that moment and establish a new pathway and decide right very proactively very deliberately you may need some inner healing from from something that you've experienced with that person that's a whole nother topic but get the healing that you need and reach out to us if you need that we can point you in the right direction we love that right next question is who does that who's who does that judgment actually belong to right so if that's tina's judgment if that's fred's judgment if that's that i'm afraid of and hey bear in mind that judgment might not even exist Right? This is just your perception of their potential judgment. It really doesn't even exist. And actually, if you really, really want to get honest, which we should, it's actually your judgment of their potential judgment. So you're actually judging their judgment, right? So it's saying, oh, I know what's going to happen here. I'm judging that Fred's going to judge me. And if you put it in those terms, you realize how incredibly unhealthy that is, right? And so we really don't want to be judging somebody for their judgment. <laughs> so we're actually just dialing back and going, hey, you know what, who, who does that potential, that's, that's Fred's judgment. And who is responsible for Fred's judgment? Huh. Maybe I should take responsibility for Fred's judgment. Friends, that is not going to go well. Let Fred be responsible for Fred's judgment. I'm going to let, I'm going to take, I got enough on my plate being responsible for my judgment. I'm doing like a critical word, like a critical words fast. You know, the other morning I woke up and I just, I had this, this thought off the back of this dream I had. And I thought, I'm going to take a, I'm going to fast from any critical speech whatsoever. Because sometimes, you know, Cor and I, we, we give ourselves permission to just to process things and, you know, vent a little bit about situations here and there. And, uh, and I thought, not, not even that. I'm just going to completely fast. And I thought to myself, this would be easy. I'm not a very critical person. <laughs> okay, so it was not even, it was, it was like 8.47 a.m. I didn't even make it till 9 a.m. before something really critical almost came out of my mouth. And I went, wow, maybe I'm more critical than I thought I am. It was there was probably about 10 times throughout that first day that I realized I was about to say something harsh and critical that did not edify or benefit anybody in any way, shape, or form. And I thought, flip, this is really an issue. Okay, so right. So who does this judgment belong to? And the next question, really powerful, is that something I want to steward? 
do I really want to steward, do I want to put in the emotional and mental energy into stewarding that person's judgment that may or may not even exist? My, my perception of the judgment that that person might have. And hopefully when I put it in those terms, you think to yourself, oh, I'm so glad you asked. No, I definitely do not want to be the steward of that person's judgment. And I'll tell you what, you probably know what that feels like. I'm sure you've done that. I know I have. Just carrying the weight of that person's judgment. It's like, oh, and I'm making decisions based on that. And I don't want to be perceived like this. I don't want to be perceived like that. And so I'm just carrying that weight, constantly counseling me and I'm owning it. And I got to do whatever it takes for you to not judge me. And friends, you want to get off that train. That is not a train that you want to be on. You want to say, do you know what? That is not my judgment to steward. And actually get, like, forget that. Instead of stewarding that, deal with your own judgment, right? Be the steward of that. And when I say be the steward of it, I mean eradicate it, you know, own it, and then cut ties with it, (laughs) right? So that's whose judgment am I afraid of? Name that. The more specific you are, Right, because if it's just oh, I just in general terms, I don't want to be perceived about the, you know, be perceived as the bad guy. It's going to be really, really hard to overcome that because it's just it's like saying I just generally don't feel well. Please give me medicine. It's like well, flip. How do we? Where do we even start? We got to dial into what part of you is not feeling well. How if we're going to heal something, right? We got to dial into what's really going on there. So name it. Whose judgment are you actually afraid of? There might be one person, it might be 30, but write that down, right? Okay, the next question is, what do I believe about me? So I'm dealing with, um, right, this is how I'm dealing with any internal confusion and, and self-judgment about the situation. You're asking yourself, maybe I am the bad guy. Maybe I am being overly harsh, Right? Like, and, and a really, so what you believe about the situation, this is what I always ask people. They say like, oh, but you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to look like the bad guy. And I say, are you the bad guy? And they look at me like, and they're either going to say, no, I'm not the bad guy. And I go, great. Awesome. I'm glad you've got that clear inside of you. Right. Or they're going to say, I don't know. Maybe I am the bad guy. Well, we've got to figure that out. We've got to get to the bottom of that. What do you believe about yourself in that situation? Because if you, if you genuinely believe, right, that you are the bad guy in most situations, then the next really powerful question is to say, hey, when did that start? When was the first time, right? And when was the first time I actually felt like, like I I, I really I did something that really violated my own conscience. And I thought and I really regretted that and I and I felt like, man, I can be awful actually, you know? Like that that was actually a really nasty, hurtful thing to do. I really shouldn't have done that. And and have you forgiven yourself for that? Right? By forgiveness, I don't mean gave yourself a pat on the back and said, that's fine. I mean, saying, because that's not what forgiveness looks like in my understanding. My understanding, forgiveness is saying that is not okay. That is not right. That should not have happened. I shouldn't have done that. And I'm releasing myself from my judgment. I mean, when I forgive somebody, that's what makes it powerful. I'm not saying it was okay. What I'm saying is you're okay. We're okay. That behavior 
absolutely not okay. Please don't ever do that again. You know, not like that hurt me. Please stop. And I am releasing you from any judgment and I'm choosing to extend grace and I forgive you and I love you and we are okay in our relationship. And so same goes like if you've believed you are the bad guy for a long time, you might be wrestling with some self-hatred, some self-judgment, so maybe for some really uncool things that you've done, you know, at some point of your life. And you need to actually reflect back on what are the things that I feel ashamed of? What are the things that I've done where I violated my own conscience? And I need to and, and I'm I'm suffering under the weight of my own judgment. Now, for me personally, what's been really powerful is my connection with Jesus, the Jesus of Scripture, you know, that's looking me in the eyes and saying, hey, Matt, yeah, not cool. And I love you and I forgive you. And that's been incredibly powerful. So, but, um, you, you know, that's, that's what works for me, right? And so you've, my exhortation to you, my encouragement to you is to think about how you can get on the other side. If you believe that you're the bad guy, that's going to create all kinds of, of internal confusion. And hey, probably the most important thing I can say on this, get some help. If you're wrestling with self-hatred, you know, and, uh, and a sense of shame that you can't get on the other side of, then friend, get some help. I, I get help. In my life, I get help all the time, right? I'm const- I'm just, it used to be scary and it isn't anymore. I'm doing it all the time. I'm reaching out to people um, to help me because I just, I've just completely resigned to the fact that I am not going to be healthy on my own. It's just not one of my options. And so it's, again, it's, it's, it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when and how often I'm going to need help. Okay, next one is what do I believe about the situation? So I've talked, what do I believe about me, right? Next is what do I believe about the situation? Is there a bad guy? Is there a good guy? Who are they? Who? Okay, if there's a bad guy, who's the good guy in this situation? What role have I played in creating this situation? It's like, I think I need to fire this person, right? And I'm gonna, and I feel like I'm the bad guy. Well, okay, well, what do you believe about the situation? What role have you played? Maybe you have let something go on way too long. Maybe you should have been having a tough conversation with them last year, but you left this thing going and going and going. It was a little weed and then it became a bigger weed and then it became quite a large weed and now it's a weed so big that you've just got to get your chainsaw out. And, and that if that's the reality, then yeah, you got to own that, Right? And you got, if there are, if you're aware that you have contributed in some way to the create, the creation of that situation now, then own that, right? Then own it, right? It doesn't mean like, it still may be necessary. Like if you've, if you got to whip out the chainsaw and deal with that, that weed that's now grown into a full on tree, you, it still may be the right thing to do to, you know, to, uh, dismiss that person from your team. But in terms of your own journey with yourself, you're going to have to wrestle through any like making right. Have you made right things that you may need to make right in that with in your relationship with that person? Right. You may need to say, hey, look, 
I'm owning the fact that we probably should have talked about this last year, right? We, you know, or whatever. If it's an employment thing, then obviously you got employment laws and I'm certainly not advising you <laughs> in that regard. I'm not an employment law specialist at all, right? But so, you know, whatever arrangement it is that you're needing to shift, if you need to own that and make that right, then, you know, something, then that's an important part of dealing with maybe, again, this fear, I'm going to be perceived as the bad guy. Maybe it's actually your conscience saying you are doing some things that are uncool and you do need to actually own that and make some things right. Okay, uh, two more. Have I determined and communicated a reasonable pathway of restoration for the other or others involved, right? So if you're, if you're worried that you're going to be perceived as the bad guy, my next question is going to be, well, what would it take? Like, what would it take for this person? This person is obviously doing something that you need. You know, there's behavior there that you're feeling feeling like has produced the need for boundaries. Well, have you? Are they just? Are they aware? Are they just groping in the dark? Are they just about to get smacked in the face with your boundary completely out of nowhere? If that's the case, yeah, that's not cool. Don't do that to people. Don't just like punish them out of nowhere. If you are, if you're about to change an arrangement and that is going to probably hurt somebody or at least be uncomfortable in their life and cause them some pain and you're worried about being perceived as the bad guy, my question is, well, have you created a reasonable pathway of restoration? Does this person know what they could do differently in order for you to not need that boundary, in order for you to not need to dismiss them from your team or not need them to get out of your house or not need them to whatever it is, you know, or not need to withdraw yourself from the situation, right? Have you, have you determined what that actually is? And if you haven't, if it's just like, no, there's absolutely no possibility. I wouldn't even have a f the faintest idea uh, what this person could do differently. Well, I would say, hold on a second here, you know, I think you need to slow down and actually work through a process of, I mean, it depends on how acute the situation is. If you're being physically abused, then yeah, I mean, do whatever it takes to get out of that situation. But in most cases, you want to be careful that you don't just punish this person out of nowhere, but you actually make the, yeah, I, I ask people that question, well, what would it take what would it take from this person for you to not need that boundary? And it's really important that you're able to say, well, if they could stop doing this, and if they could start doing this instead, that would be really, you know, that would be really good. And, and again, you might need to get help. I, I do this all the time. I say, hey, this is, this is what I feel like I need in this relationship. Is this reasonable, right? Is this, I'm, lo I'm looking for a trusted person to say either, ooh, that is a bit harsh, Matt. Um, yeah, I wouldn't go asking them that. I think that's asking a bit much. Or, yeah, no, that's totally reasonable. Yep. It, yeah, they might be. They might think you're the bad guy. They might, you know, judge your motives. But what you're asking for is pretty reasonable. Um, and that just settles something in me. Again, you're going to hear me saying that over and over and over and over. Lean into getting help from a trusted mentor or friend. It's you're going to find that really helpful for dealing with all this. Um, even if you've got these questions, you know, um, that you're getting that support from me, you know, you've got this grid, this grid, you're very likely for you to really overcome the stuff. It's going to take some, 
some um, needing some help from a, a mentor or friend, right? So have I determined and communicated a reasonable pathway of restoration? Do I know what that pathway would be? And have I communicated that? Is it healthy? Is it reasonable? Am I asking too much? Again, you want to get those kind of things resolved. And lastly, what kind of people do I want to build deep connection with, right? Do I expect people, what, what do I expect from people who care about me if they perceive that I am in the wrong? And I'm ending on this. It's maybe the most important one at all, of all. We really want to ask that question. It connects back to the question of, you know, do I want to be the steward of, of this other person's judgment? My, my question, you know, what I'm asking myself is, well, because there will be times that people who love me do perceive that I'm doing something that's not cool, that I'm in the wrong, that that is overly, you know, harsh or something like that. What do I expect from those people? And the answer to that question is I expect them to vulnerably and powerfully communicate to me how my actions are causing them to feel, right? So if I, if I go, I'm, I'm going to live my life constantly catering to every perceived judgment of my life from everybody around me, goodness gracious, that is going to be exhausting. And it's, it's not going to work. I'm not going to be able to live in a healthy way. But if I position myself, I want to build connection with people who, when, not if, when they perceive that I'm in the wrong, have the courage and the love to communicate with me in truth and in kindness. Those are the kind of people that I'm really building connection with. And if I, if I lose a few people along the way who are the kind of people that are just going to go, oh, well, Matt's obviously way too hard. Matt, Matt shouldn't have done that. Matt, that's totally uncool. And then they just ghost me they, or they punish me in some way or, you know, with distance or whatever. And they, and they I'm, you know what? I've got to actually acknowledge that wasn't a person, that wasn't the kind of person, not yet anyways, maybe they will be next year, but, but that they're not currently the kind of person that I'm actually wanting to build connection with. That might sound tough, but honestly, I think that's really important. You got to choose. You got to choose. Who are the kind of people that I want to build connection with? Now, we don't just stay there. You actively build that. You actively, I tell that to people. I was just literally just this morning. I was saying to somebody who's, you know, a fairly new relationship, somebody who's becoming very important in my life. And I said, hey, I want you to know this is what I expect. I, I, it's my endeavor is to create a safe place for people to be honest with me about how they are experiencing me, about what it feels like to be around me, about um, how my actions are impacting them. These, like I, I want I don't want to be judged harshly. I don't want to be criticized. I don't want to be abused. But I want to pull people around me who can speak the truth to me in love and kindness. And so I'm, I'm very clear about that. I'm, I'm naming that. I'm, and I'm looking people in the eye and I'm saying, are you that kind of person? Can I trust you to be honest with me? Not if, but when I do something that frustrates you or you perceive to be uncool, you know, and I'm looking for an answer for that, right? So because I know 
that's the kind of person I'm wanting to build connection with. That's the kind of person I'm endeavoring to be. And that's the kind of person I'm wanting to build close relationship with. Right? Now, I'm not saying if you're not that kind of person, be gone. I want to have nothing to do with you. No, no, no. I've got, there's room for lots of different types of connections in life. I'm still be associated with you and connect with you and hang. But I'm, I'm talking about who are the people who I really want to have close connection with right? I'm saying that if I have clarity that that's the kind of person I want to be, that's the kind of person I want to build a close relationship with. When I come up to a situation where I'm a little bit concerned that I'm going to be perceived as the bad guy, I can lean into my confidence. I have surrounded myself with people who are going to be truthful with me if I am doing something that they believe to be overly harsh and that is just so reassuring. That is so wonderful. It's just so peaceful. Absolutely love that. Okay, so that was What If I Look Like the Bad Guy. Next episode, we are going to dive into What If I Look Like the Weak One. I will see you then. We hope you found the conversation and stories on today's podcast helpful and insightful. If you want to go deeper, Restoring Connections offers online courses that cover key topics like personal responsibility, proactive care, powerful communication and healthy boundaries. Go to www.restoringconnections.nz for more information. This podcast is funded by generous supporters from all over the world. Please consider supporting by going to the Restoring Connections website and hitting the contribute button. By partnering with us, you're helping to provide mentoring, workshops and training to others who are also restoring their connections.